Welcome to the Salvatry Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Sal Betri here, and we're going to be taking a first look and a pretty thorough look as I've done, I don't know, 10, 12 hours of research already, maybe a little bit more for the XFL Week 3 slate. I've gone back, I've looked at everything that happened last week from an advanced stats metric, from a snap count, a usage standpoint. All of that stuff has been wrapped up in a podcast, is wrapped up in a couple of Excel sheets for snap count notes and, and usage targets and touches for your running backs, receivers, and tight ends. All that's on Patreon if you are interested. Content exclusively over there to the Patreon about 350, 350 people over there. Thank you so much. If you want to join Patreon, you can find it linked up down below. But welcome back if you're brand spanking new here. We've been covering the XFL since before the season even started. Very excited as I cover multiple sports in the daily fantasy sports aspects. If you're listening on the audio version, we got up to number seven as of yesterday in the fantasy sports podcast ranking. So thank you to everybody who's been subscribing to the podcast. Continue to do that. Take a couple seconds. I doubt we'll be able to crack number one and knock ESPN and some of the people up there off, but why not try? I don't know if they're cranking out the daily XFL and PGA and um, NBA videos all in the same day. So maybe we'll get enough algorithmic stuff in there. So please hit the subscribe button. It takes a couple seconds. And if you hit that uh, the rate uh, and review button, the five stars, that stuff also helps. The subscribe helps a ton. A lot of people on the same day apparently boost the rankings. We went from the, the mid-20s to number seven overall. So thank you all so much. Appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel as well. As we approach 20,000 subscribers each week in the XFL, we get around 100 to 200 of you. So thank you all so much. Appreciate it. So with this said, week two in the books, all that stuff over on Patreon. Very excited for week three of the XFL. Um, it's, it's going to be, I would say a little bit more clear as we move forward, but spots now that the salaries and DraftKings, I commend them on it. Um, some guys are still underpriced. Some guys prices are reducing for some odd reasons. Um, but I do believe that they made it at least difficult this week. And you can see over my shoulder, what do you have over my shoulder is uh, four quarterbacks that are all $10,000 or above. And honestly, they've been the only quarterbacks in play, in my opinion, through the first two weeks of the season, obviously Landry Jones only playing last week, but you get the gist there. They make it challenging by pricing all the quarterbacks up with Philip Walker in the number one passing offense and seems to be the number one quarterback in this league um, for fantasy purposes is now priced to 11.5. And you're going to get to the wide receivers page and you're going to see uh, two of the more reliable for the first two weeks if you've been playing them. Luckily, I have and I'm, I'm sure a lot of patrons have as well based on the tiers. Um, the two top wide receivers in the league through the first two weeks are now priced up, but there's still value to be found. We'll discuss some of that here in this video. Again, throughout the week, I will have my tiers and rankings on Friday over on Patreon, and then also on Saturdays, the Closing Thoughts podcast on Patreon as well, exactly where I'm going to be going, discussing where I believe ownership will be coming in, look, taking a look at some ownership numbers as well. And then the other big thing um, will be the stuff that's already happened, the recap, targets, touches, usage, snaps, a podcast on that as well. So all that, again, sponsored by my Patreon channel, linked up down below. I'll also pop it up above right here at some point, maybe even now, if I remember, uh, it'll pop up, come up with the exclusive content. You can check all of that out. So without further ado, let's get into this video. So starting at the top, I have five quarterbacks labeled as interests. I have not yet classified them as yeses or maybes or no's. They're just all marked as an X, which means maybe just to indicate my interest in them. So there's only going to be eight quarterbacks. So you're going to say, ah, oh, Sal, what are you doing? Well, I'll talk through how I, I like each of them uh, compared to the others. It'll depend on where you go with the other positions, right? If you can have all the money and you can get up to Tampa Bay and you can, or you can get up to Philip Walker against Tampa Bay, by all means, I think it's a fine option. I think you'll still rein in. Obviously, the price is going to make him a little bit more difficult to get to. But if you're finding value at wide receiver, running back, 
defense obviously really easy to do that last week you seen the three thousand dollars Seattle defense score 20 plus fantasy points 23 to be exact so uh there's ways to get to him and I believe there will be you're just gonna have to sacrifice in other spots so St. Louis's secondary last week looked legit you had Philip Walker throwing three touchdowns all to Cam Phillips who we'll get to but only 175 yards um he only attempted three deep passes 20 plus yards that's classified as compared to 11 in week one the secondary from St. Louis ranks number two through two weeks they do look good now you get a uh, a fifth ranked Tampa Bay secondary and pass rush in in Tampa Bay against Philip Walker this week. It looks a little bit better for Philip Walker, who did not show as much mobility this past week. Two rushes, 17 yards, nothing terrible. 11500 is an extremely steep price point for, look, you got the ceiling game week one. You didn't get it last week. If you get a performance around 25 fantasy points, there's a good chance that one of Te'amu, Landry Jones, Carl Jones is scoring somewhere around 22 to 24 to not make his price tag worth it. So He's in play. He'll probably project that as the highest scoring overall QB or close to it. Um, but I don't know if he's actually worth this expensive price tag relative to the other players when it means sacrificing some of the more consistent wide receivers that we've been seeing. Carl Jones at 10,800. He's going to face LA, the Wildcats this week, who again, after week one, fired their defensive coordinator. They ring fourth in coverage and sixth in pass rush. Carl Jones, this is actually very surprising and, and interesting and important. DC and Carl Jones, 21 play action pass attempts. That is nine more than the next closest in the league. Play action, as you know, sets up a lot more efficiency, just in effectiveness. Just look at Ryan Tannehill from the NFL with Tennessee. It made him look like a genius. It made him look fantastic. But what's interesting is they're setting this up without really any major threats in the backfield right now. Presley and Pumphrey have both been very meh so far to start the season. Nobody's standing out. So once that gets clicking, this offense might even click on even more cylinders. They get Tompkins back last week. Rashad Ross running more routes. I do like Carl Jones at 10,800. He has the highest average time to throw of all the starters, which is not good. I guess it's a little bit skewed. It could either mean it's good or it mean it's bad. It could either mean that he's getting more time from his offensive line or B, he's holding on to the ball a lot. It's a combination of both right now. He's scrambling a little bit. The offensive line is getting there. And that's indicated by the fact that through two weeks, he is the number one quarterback under pressure compared to amount of snaps under pressure in the league. But under that pressure, he has an 80% adjusted completion percentage. He's been lights out under pressure. He's been really good. We'll see if that continues to hold up. 10,800, definitely in play. Landry Jones, the first quarterback to go over 300 passing yards in the XFL. This Dallas offense ran the second most plays last week, only second to St. Louis at 74. Good to see that. Seattle ranked seventh in coverage. Now, he attempted six deep passes in his debut, only completed one of them, had an interception on one of the deep passes as well, Complete uh, attempted only five play action passes. Not great, pretty below average. It was a short passing game clinic indicated by attempting only six deep passes on 74 total offensive plays, short passing game. That's what you got for the most part out of Landry Jones, but it was effective. They have a lot of pieces out there. Donald Parham, he was eyeing down, looked like his favorite target. Jeff Bidette got very much involved. They still have Flynn Nagel. They were using both of their primary running backs in the passing game in this one. It looked like it was all coming together with Landry Jones back. I think at 10,600, the choice between him and Cardell Jones is very interesting. I probably lean Cardell Jones for more security and the weapons getting healthier there in DC, um, but I do think they're both in play. Jordan Tayamu, deservingly so, is in the $10,000 range. I thought this might actually happen. You can see on the Patreon podcast, um, I did that podcast before the salaries came out, like an hour before. Uh, so I was I was actually, hi, 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 th- I'm not even going to say the word right. Um, I was assuming and, and guessing, I guess, is, is the words that we'll go with here that a ta- a ta- some people are telling me it's not Tayamu, Tayamu. Uh, I'm going to go with Tayamu. I heard some random ESPN uh, interview say that um, on, on YouTube when I try to look up how to pronounce his name. They ran 88 plays last week. And, and this number, again, um, I'm using a, a couple different sources here. 
88 plays in offense was 14 more than what you got from the next closest, which was Dallas. They ran a ton of plays. They're still a run first team. Both weeks, they ran at least 52% of their plays as run plays. But when you're running 88 total plays, it doesn't matter. You're still going to have a high elevation of overall pure quality or quantity of passing plays relative to the percentage of them. He's completing 78.1% of his um, passes. That is the most out of any two-week starter so far. Philip Nelson, who started week one for Dallas, has completed more. But again, he was throwing like two-yard passes to running backs. He's only attempted three deep passes in the first two weeks. New York is number one in pressure rates. So that lead, might lead to more uh, Tamu scrambles, which is good to see. Um, it's interesting to see that he's number three in rushing yards in the XFL as a quarterback and number two in passing yards, slightly four yards behind Cardell Jones. He's been fantastic. You're getting good value at Jordan Tamu. I do think that um, if you need to just save $1,000 off of the Cardell Joneses or close to it and definitely the Philip Walkers, uh, Jordan Tamu looks like one of the prime options this week. Pass rush against New York might be a concern, but it could also just lead to uh, more running opportunities. And finally, I did label Brandon Silvers as a an X in interest. This probably is not somebody I end up getting to at seventy five hundred. But it's important to note that look, he's he's dirt cheap. You're saving like twenty six hundred dollars off of the, all the other guys at least on average around thirty five hundred dollars. You're saving compared to all the other guys that I just named. That's important if you want to load up on wide receivers and running backs. And honestly, so far this season, it doesn't make sense to load up on running backs that are high price, but a lot of stable at least through two weeks, as much as that can be stability wide receivers so far. I think that he's at least the best cheap option right now. There's not many. There's going to be two to three at best. Um, but the good thing is that he has been taking deep shots. He's number two in the league behind Philip Walker by two deep shots. Um, and you might get Kaysan Williams actually active this week. He's been missing the first two weeks. The wide receiver won on this depth chart next to Keegan Reynolds, Keenan Reynolds. So number two in deep passes. It's a low upside price play at best. Dallas, though, does rank seventh in pass rush and eighth in coverage. So it's not a great quarterback who's going to take deep shots against a bad defense and maybe gets one of his top receivers back on the depth chart. Again, it's a cheap price play. Moving over to the running back position, if you have not yet already on the audio version, take two seconds after this and just and just hit the subscribe button on iTunes, whether you're on Spotify, whatever it might be. It really does help. And if you can leave a five-star rate and review, it goes a long way if you're getting any value from this. Same thing on the YouTube channel. Feel free to hit that subscribe button. Thank you. So running back position here, I have currently seven players listed as interest. And this can change and this can reduce. And I'll talk about all that later in the week here on probably Thursday evening, but also on the Saturday Closing Thoughts Patreon podcast, where I'll go through my exposures, who I'm liking the most. We'll go over the cash game uh, and the GPP tiers um, over on Patreon as well. Uh, so Jaquise Pat- Patrick here. So interesting. He's 4,400. Here's the thing. There's so many running back by committees in this league. Five, six, seven of the teams are running running back by committees. And you saw exactly 51% of the snaps each. Um, was played by both Patrick and they ran thir- they played 37 snaps each. There were 72 total plays ran by Tampa Bay in week two, Patrick and um, Patrick and Devion Smith. But what you did get to see was Patrick is a lot cheaper. One this week, he's about $2,000 cheaper than Devion Smith. And he actually ended up uh, seeing 15 touches last week, which ended up making his overall touch count on the season go to 24. So 15 touches is good to see when Devion Smith only ended up seeing, I believe, 13 last week. He's also much more effective getting 91 total yards on that. Um, he's second of a seventh and elusive rating as a backup running back for half the season so far, if not the entire season, splitting it 50-50. I don't think he's a fantastic play. This is not ranked by he's my number one play. No, it just gets ranked after I um, sort it by the X's. I don't know if it's by salary. I, I still don't know at this point, but he's just 4,400. So in, in these situations where there's running back by committees, two guys, even three guys in the backfield, just give me the cheap one, right? 
give me the one who I get to save $2,000 on. You see Patrick's role increasing from week one to week two pretty significantly. Um, they're both running similar routes. I think uh, 30 routes run total between the two of them. You saw Devion Smith run 16, Patrick run 14, so pretty much split down the middle. If you're just going to tell me that they're going to be playing half the time each, and at least Patrick looked better last week and so far on the season more efficient, just give me the guy who's $2,000 cheaper. Cameras aren't in pain. Broke the slate last week by far. Um, the, the number one running back of the week, the number one running back of the season, and his performance became the number one running back in the first two weeks of the season. Uh, look, he's the only running back with more than one 15 plus yard run this year, and he has three. Nobody else has two. He has three. He had a fourth one in week one called back, a 25 yard run called back for a hold as well. Dallas ran 74 plays last week, like I said. That's going to elevate his overall opportunities. Um, he's number one in running backs routes run as well. 43 routes run for Cameras aren't in pain. So not only did he get fed on the ground and was explosive three breakaway runs of 15 plus yards number one in routes run and he played 66 percent of the snaps so uh, the thing that you got to see in dallas was lance dunbar was still active but unlike week one when austin walter and marquis young played 14 and 15 snaps respectively those two players combined for a total of four snaps four total snaps ended up being five percent of the overall snap counts for dallas you ended up only getting two running backs active this week instead of four. It really helped Cameron Sarden Payne getting going on the ground. He's 8,300 now. I don't like paying up for running backs in this league, especially when they're this expensive, but it's hard to ignore at least what he did last week and the new usage of the backfield in Dallas. Matt Jones for St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis, again, ran 88 plays, back-to-back weeks of 52% plus run plays for the St. Louis offense. You saw 43% of the snaps in week two for Matt Jones, nowhere near the full-on workload he had um, week one in terms of his overall touches. Now, he, he had 21 touches week one. He had, I guess, nowhere near as a stretch. He had 17 touches last week, 16 on the ground. He had the one reception that skewed his overall results by a 25-yard uh, touchdown catch early on in that game. Um, He has a league high 48 touches now through two weeks. My concern is the price point. He is right now $7,500. He is by all counts in a very strong running back by committee. Now, last week, he did not practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, and then he did practice full on Friday. So maybe that's a reason why he got a little bit more limited snaps, but his running back uh, back made at 5,200 and Christine Michael, Christine Michael played 49% of the snaps more snaps than him. So exactly the same touches, 17 touches, 16 carries and one reception. Yeah. Christian, Christian Michael, not great this year, 14th in elusive rating, 24 routes run for him and Jones each. Um, that number is, is pretty much around average at this point right now, about 12 per week, 12 to 15 per week in the XFL is on average what these running backs are running. So similar to what I talked about earlier with Patrick and Tampa Bay, you get Michael for $2,300 less than Matt Jones. Uh, neither of these guys have been all that effective. They're running very similar routes. They're seeing similar touches uh, in terms of uh, last week and really the second half of week one. So yes, Matt Jones saw a good amount more. He had a workload higher, about six, seven touches higher in week one. How much do we weight that? Do we weight that by $2,300 in a matchup against New York this week? Is St. Louis going to continue to go out there and play? It was run 80 plus routes in a matchup where New York only ran 49 offensive plays last week. Disgusting. It's a little bit concerning. Uh, the fact that Matt Jones is up to 7,500, it's probably more of a stay away spot for me. Lance Dunbar, 6,600, played 53% of the snaps, played on the field with Cameron Sarn and Payne at times last year, only running back in the league to see six plus targets in back-to-back weeks. He's third in running backs routes run right now with 34 on 36 total pass plays that he's been on the field with and 22 total touches, 11 of those being receptions, 11 of them being carries. So 6,600 price points coming up, but he's probably in line to see four or five, six uh, targets yet again. He's going to catch 90% of them uh, throughout the season, if not higher. So Lance Dunbar, you're probably getting a shoe in for eight to 12 fantasy points a week. And if the touchdown comes, it's some upside there. So probably a safer play for cash games. Tournament upside is surely there, but I'm um, probably not going to have a, a, an overall touch upside of like 16 to 20. 
Elijah Hood for LA, 64% of the snaps with Jawan Harris out. The rest, 37% of the snaps to Larry Rose behind him. No receptions yet this season. The game flows have been hurting them as they've been playing from behind. And now you get the 2-0 DC defenders coming in with looks like the number one overall defense in the league through two weeks. Concerning spot for Elijah Hood, who only has 22 carries in two games as the primary back. 10 carries last week, 12 week one. 5,600 is a nice price point for anybody getting 12 carries or 12 total touches in a game running some routes, but there is concerns around what this matchup is going to be for him. Tim Cook is interesting at 4,200 in my last interest at running back currently because Darius Victor got hurt after playing five snaps in the first quarter for New York in week two. Um, Tim Cook ended up playing 70 plus percent of the snaps after that. I'd expect 60 to 70 plus percent of the workload for him if Darius Victor was to miss. You likely get at least 10 to 12 carries out of him even if Darius Victor plays. New York only ran 49 plays last week. They've been uh, 50. I think they ran 51 plays in week one. Slowest team in the league. They look absolutely gross and their offense is a mess after Matt McGloin erupted last week on the sidelines kind of calling out his entire coaching staff and his team and everything. It looked not great. So Tim Cook at 4,200, only in play for me if Darius Victor is out. You probably then get uh, Matt Colburn as the backup running back, maybe some Stockton if he is active for this game. Moving over to the wide receiver page, and I'll, I'll call out one thing quickly here is that drafters.com is the little thing up above if you're watching on YouTube. Also, it's a snake draft format, and they announced, I saw on Twitter today, that in a few weeks, they're going to be announcing their best ball leagues. There's no best ball right now. Draft.com is gone. So if you're listening to this, you heard of best ball, you like best ball, you've played it or you want to play it, check out drafters.com. It's coming soon. Promo code SAL100, SAL100, 100% deposit bonus up to 50 bucks. Want to try out the online snake drafts they have, the rank them format. Want to put 10 bucks into it. Promo code SAL100 gets you 10 back. 10 bucks right back. There's the plug. Helps me, but also helps you. And yes, their formatting best balls are coming pretty soon. So pretty cool. Wide receivers, I won't spend all the time here. You can read some of the notes. Um, I don't want to hold everybody's hold everybody's day up here, but I do have 20 players listed on the wide receiver page. Again, it's an 18 league. This is definitely going to get filtered down. I probably will on the tiers. We'll have somewhere around 15 to 20 names, honestly. But in a player pool, I wouldn't have this many names at wide receiver. But starting at the top, again, no ranking order here. Jeff Bidette ran 33 routes last week, saw nine targets with Landry Jones, and 24% of his routes came from the slot. He had to do two deep targets on the six attempts. Very good to see. Again, 74 plays ran in week one or week two by Dallas with this new offense. That's good to see. Seattle is seventh in coverage, and he's likely to see Clark, the cornerback for Seattle, who has an 80.6 rating. Currently through two weeks, their number one uh, rated cornerback. 80.6 is, is pretty pretty average, pretty decent. Uh, but Bidette, again, number one pick. I'll, I'll keep calling to it. Tons of speed. You've got to see that game-breaking speed. I do think that 8,600 is a price point if Landry Jones is going to be more comfortable this week, maybe attempt more deep passes, more than six, be a little bit more accurate on them. That's going to help with that the most. These next two players are just too cheap, maybe even the next three, but DeAndre Tompkins returned last week, only played 64% of the snaps. He was labeled as a backup. He didn't run backup snaps, though. Malachi Dupree just didn't even play, dropping to fourth in the depth chart pretty significantly. Nine targets for Tompkins, caught six of them, had a touchdown. And on his nine targets, the three that he just didn't catch, two of them were dropped. So he had the opportunities in this game. 26 routes run, more than half of them from the slot, 55%. That's very good to see. He started to get more snaps out of the slot compared to Eli Rogers for DC. 5,700 is a strong price point. Seemed to have an early connection with Cardell Jones. Donald Parham against Seattle. Again, we've, we've touched on how Seattle's seventh in defense in the coverage. Um, Donald Parham is too cheap. We saw Landry Jones have eyes for him, 11 targets last week. Two of them were called back on penalties. One not a catch, one was a catch. So he should have, should have had 13 targets in that game. He's ran 59 routes in the last two weeks, 29 last week, or 30 last week, 29 the week before. He's third in the XFL with 17 targets. He's a tight end. He's still listed as a tight end on their depth chart, and he's third in the XFL in, in targets. 11 last week, six in week one. 
Clear connection with Jones. I think he looks pretty good. Nick Holly at 4,400 is finally labeled as a wide receiver now. He was tied with Phillips, Cam Phillips, for uh, last week, 33 routes run. Um, he's safe for like five to seven targets in this offense. Look, he's 4,400, not a ton of upside, but if you're looking for a cheap wide receiver, he does stand out. Cam Phillips, 11,100, highest price wide receiver, second highest price player on the slate. He's number two in targets with 18, number four in yards with 140, number three in receptions with 12, number two in routes run with 73. He's the number one target so far through two weeks in the number one passing game. Obviously, it looks fantastic, but the concern is the price. He's not going to score three touchdowns every week like last week. He's probably not going to score a touchdown a week, to be honest with you. There's going to be a couple weeks, one, two, three, four, where, where he just doesn't score a touchdown like he has the first two weeks. So at 11,100, it's starting to get tricky. I still think it looks fantastic if you can afford him. It just gets more difficult to do so. Similar things can be said for Nelson Spruce at $10,900. LA's number one weapon, the number one wide receiver in the XFL in every reasonable category. He's number one in routes run with 81, number one in yards with 181, number one in targets with 24, number one in receptions with 17. He's number three in yards per route run in in efficiency metrics by Pro Football Focus. Uh, Check them out, pff.com. 20 plus um, routes run for anybody with 20 plus routes. He's number three in yards per route run. He's run the most slot routes at 69, a very effective spot for effective wide receivers. I do prefer Nelson Spruce over Cam Phillips. Nothing against Phillips. Spruce just seems more consistent running out of the slot. Um, but either way, both of these guys are fantastic. This is the concern. Can you play both of them like last week and the week before while also playing Philip Walker, while also playing an expensive quarterback? It gets a lot more difficult now. Eli Rogers is top 10 in routes run, number nine with 62, top five in targets, top three in receptions this year, running 50 routes on the season out of the slot. Good to see that. Third in slot targets with 13. You will likely see Mike Stevens, who has given up 11 targets or 11 receptions in two weeks and 104 yards out of the slot, 95 rating against. So that's going to help both Eli Rogers and also Tompkins played more than 50% of his snaps out of the slot last week. That will also help him. McCall McKay at 8,800, one of the guys that I'd actually rather avoid, just get the Jeff Bidette in the same price range, but he is on here because he's just still running routes, 59 routes in two weeks. Only player to run more than 19 routes for New York last week. He ran 30, but pretty gross all around in this New York offense. Dan Williams will only have interest if his roommate, Aaron Murray, is back on their center. He only ran 24 routes last week after running 40-plus in week one, fourth most on the team in just 60% of the snaps. Not great. LaDamian Washington, in my eyes, is still the number one receiver in St. Louis at $8,000. He's not priced like it, though, where you have a 10100 DeMorney Pearson L above him. Very con- interesting price point, in my opinion. Because Washington was a co-leader in uh, targets, uh, in, in routes run and snaps with his teammate, Alonzo Russell. Now, Washington ended up running 66 routes, though, through the two weeks, which is by far the most on the team by about 15 to 20. He's second in targets on the team behind Pearson L, but only by two. He has 13. Pearson L is 15. Pearson L played 26% less snaps last week. My opinion, Washington's still the number one receiver in this offense. Pearson L, though, for some reason, is $2,100 more, even though he's going to be playing probably equal to more likely less than Washington. And they're being used very similarly in this offense, except Washington's running more routes. So I would prefer Washington to Pearsonell for the price discount. Pearsonell is strangely priced up, in my opinion. Sammy Colts at 7,700. It seems like a, pri- a spot where I want to go right back to it, but it's really hard to. Only ran 22 routes last week. That was fourth among wide receivers on this team. Holly, um, you ended up having Holly, Khalil Lewis, and Cam Phillips run more routes than Sammy Coates. The concerning thing was that Blake Johnson ran 12 routes and Sam Mobley ran five. Those two players were rotating in for Sammy Coates. I don't think there was any injury. I will update you throughout the week if so. So very concerning. He's down to 7,700. It's an interesting bounce back spot, but the routes came down from week one to week two. Not good to see. Alonzo Russell is tied for 34 routes and 85% of the snaps with Washington and St. Louis. He has just one deep target in two weeks because Tamu's only thrown three total. So it seems like Russell's deep targets where he scored a touchdown on week one are his only viable upside at 5,900. More of a GPP play, but even then it seems thin. 
Flynn Nagel's priced down to 5,700. I get it. He didn't do much in the debut of Landry Jones last week, but he's still the number three player in the XFL and routes run at 69. Again, didn't show much chemistry, but you're getting him at a price point where he's coming down and he's number one on the team last week with 82% snaps. So he'll be on the field a lot. He'll be out of the slot. It didn't look like, it looked like Landry Jones had more eyes for Parham and Jeff Bidette, but it's just a one week sample price point coming down. Not a terrible option. Jalen Tolliver is number four in the XFL in routes run with 67. He'll be in play for me and on my radar if Aaron Murray is back, but you saw Quentin Flowers look terrible for like a quarter of the, the attempts last week or 50 attempts. You saw Taylor Cornelius not look good either, gave up a defensive score as well. So Tolliver's upside as well as Dan Williams, probably leaning on Aaron Murray, believe it or not. A couple guys left here. Reese Horn is top 10 in routes run in the league. Number one in his team last week. He saw eight targets as well. Um, you're going to get Cornelius, who was, or Cornelius was the guy who was looking at Reese Horn more. So he had a team high 76% of the snaps last week, ran a lot of slot, slot routes. So uh, Reese Horn at 4,200. I'd, I'd have re, I would have more interest in Horn if Cornelius is back under center. Uh, for $100 more, I'd have more interest in Tolliver if it ends up actually being Aaron Murray. Joe Horn was 3,800. I played him last week in my main lineup at 3,400, and he was an absolute dumpster. 19 routes run. Um, last week, not great. Again, only McKay ran more than 19 routes. He ran 30. Could have been blowout related. Uh, could have been when, you know, the offense comes off when Matt McGloin does, but it looked like McGloin just ended up getting benched. Very concerning. Don't really want to play anything in New York unless Darius Victor is out. Tim Cook becomes more appealing. Last two guys here. Donish Jennings is for some reason $3,000 flat. So, this is fitting if you get Saeed Blacknall, ran 43 routes week one, and Trey McBride, who was active last week but just didn't play. If you get those two guys back, Jennings probably drops down the depth chart, but he saw five targets and ran 28 routes last week. He's $3,000 flat. I'm not jumping for joy to play him, but it's definitely a price mis- uh, a missed price here by probably about, I don't know, $800 to $1,200. Rashad Ross at 9,400. Again, he ran ahead of Dupree as the wide receiver three, running 26 routes. He's number one in the league in yards per route run, an elite 3.13 yards per route run, just showing he was deep ball upside after catching four balls for 95 yards last week. He's yet to play a snap out of the slot, so it's all upside for him. He has four deep receptions this season of 20 plus yards. Nobody else has over two, so 2x the entire league in deep receptions on five deep targets. And finally, Kaysan Williams, who has not played the first two weeks for Seattle. I think at $5,000, he becomes an interesting play that will not be owned if he's fully healthy to go, where you have a guy like Brendan Silvers throwing the second most deep passes of 20 plus yards in the league so far. It makes Kaysan Williams very interesting. So with that all said, that is the week three XFL DraftKings preview, DFS, whatever you want to call it, fantasy football preview for week three. Again, I'll be back later in the week to give you some of my closing thoughts. If you want more matchup based, this cornerback versus receiver, I'll get into that. I'll get into ownership discussions, the tiers, all of that is on Patreon. If you are interested, again, check it out linked up down below. I'm an independent content creator, so you can go ahead and you can support me by subscribing over on Patreon if you would like, and also subscribing here as this show comes to an end. If you're listening at work, if you're listening on your commute, whatever it might be, if you're somewhere safe that you can pull over, whatever it might be, uh, stoplight, or if you're just at your desk, take those extra couple of seconds and hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel if you're watching there. But also, very important, on the podcast, let's see if we can crack the top five. I don't think we're going to get first. Maybe we can if we get an overwhelming, overwhelming support system of a bunch of subscribers on the podcast. Again, totally free to do so. And also, if you leave a review, that helps as well. So thank you so much. My name's Sal. You already know that. Also, follow me on Twitter if you want sort of a free sample of what Patreon is. I do give out a lot of meaningful tweets. I posted all the wide receiver snap counts um, today as well for every single team. So follow me over on Twitter at DFS. Peace out, game. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.